Today's Tanya, for the 23rd of Teves, is in Perek Yudbeis, chapter 12, page 181, in Lessons in Tanya. The al is describing the Bainani, in which the Bainani finds himself perfect in his garments, but imperfect in his emotions. Which means that when it comes to the garments, the godly soul reigns supreme over the animal soul and only the garments of a godly soul have access to the body. So the thought, speech, and deed of the Benini is always holy. Whereas the emotions and the intellect of the two souls, here the godly soul doesn't have that kind of advantage over the animal soul so that the animal soul's feelings and the animal soul's understanding, intellect, raise their head and offer an opinion and a suggestion and a tendency and the Benini cuts it off when it comes to behavior but cannot change the feelings or the intellect of the animal soul. During davening when the Benini is immersed in holiness and his Avas Hashem is flaming in the revealed part of the heart then the animal soul's feelings, the animal soul's love is completely silenced, but not changed. And that's why right after the davening, the feelings of the animal soul return, and it's as if he hadn't davened at all, in terms of feeling. Now we continue on page 181. But to this degree, the after effects of the davening are effective and remain in the mind and the fear and love of God that is hidden within the heart together they are sufficient they can prevail and dominate over the desires of the animal soul so that it not have any control over the body, over the city, which is the body, in, in order to bring its desire into action. To clothe itself, the animal soul, in the limbs of the body in order to do or to say or to think what the animal soul wants. Not even in the mind alone, to dwell in the mind on evil. The animal soul does not have the control and does not have the power to cause the person to think willingly with the rotsen in his mind this unholy thought that rises from the heart to the mind to cause the Benini to accept willingly the Benini will not accept this unholy thought in his mind willingly it came to the mind unwillingly it came to the mind involuntarily it rises from the heart simply because the mind is aware of what's happening in the heart so when in the heart where the animal soul is felt, where in the heart there is a feeling or an attraction to something unholy, 
that feeling is known in the mind. It rises of itself into thought, because thought means an awareness of what's happening within oneself, and so that Benini knows what his heart is feeling. But that's not like he chose to think this thought. Once the thought rises, and he recognizes the nature of the thought, he rejects it immediately, and refuses to pursue it even as a thought. As soon as the thought rises to the mind, As soon as it rises, he rejects it with both hands, removes it from his mind, as soon as he recognizes the evil nature of the thought. He doesn't accept it willingly, meaning that he doesn't even accept it as a thought. Goes without saying that he doesn't accept it as a possibility of, of, of deed, of doing. And he certainly will not entertain the possibility of doing it or speaking it. Even thinking it, he won't, he won't allow, because to think it would be a Rosha. And a Benani is not a Rosha, even for a moment. Rosha means, as we defined it earlier, Rosha means someone in whom there is the possibility, there is an acceptance within him of that which God does not allow. Which means to say that any time a person allows himself to indulge in that which God does not like, in thought, in speech, or in action, that's a rasha. A bainani is one in whom doing or thinking or speaking what God does not permit is out of the question. So to allow an unholy thought, to accept it willingly, that's to step across the border into that which God does not permit. And that a Benini does not do and cannot do, whereas a Rasha can and therefore does, or will. So, when it comes to saying no to the dictates of the heart, the Benini, using the natural talent with which a human being is created, and that is that the mind governs the heart, and particularly so when it comes to holiness versus unholiness, the Benini acts and performs in the way that his commitment and his mind tell him is correct, and he ignores and dismisses the dictates of the heart. So that if he's about to do a mitzvah, and the Yetzirah resists, the Yetzirah doesn't feel up to it, he, re- he rejects that feeling or that disinclination, and he does it anyway. When he feels like doing a sin, he can change it, when he feels an attraction to a sin, he can change that thought immediately and think of something godly. The same is true also in relationship between between people. That even when a person feels an anger or a resentment towards another person, he can change that feeling, dismiss it, get rid of it, and replace it with a feeling of affection, with a feeling of concern, with a feeling of respect. 
the same is true also in matters between man and man. As soon as there arises from the heart to the mind any animosity or hatred, God forbid, against another Jew, or a jealousy, an anger, a grudge, or anything of that sort. These are emotions that are not acceptable among Jews. So that thought even, he does not accept in his mind willingly, and it rose to the mind involuntarily. <clears throat> to this degree, the mind governs the heart and rules over the heart that he will do the exact opposite of what the heart dictates. And he will instead conduct himself kindly towards his friend and replace or displace the anger, the jealousy, the uh, the resentment or the grudge. And he will express a special, additional amount of love and will put up and tolerate his friend to the extreme. And he will refuse to get angry, God forbid, and he will also not treat him in kind. Meaning to say that he won't get angry at him, but he also won't do him a favor just as his friend didn't do him the favor, which is a form of revenge. And this too he wouldn't do, Instead, he repays those who are unworthy with good. As it says in the Zehat, to learn from Yosef and his brothers, how his brothers treated him uh, with cruelly, and yet he undertook to feed them and to provide for them and so on. The lesson from Yosef and his brothers is two things. First of all, that not everybody needs to be a tzaddik on the level of Yosef in order to do this. Which means that if a person says, I am not Yosef a tzaddik and therefore I can't be that kind and that forgiving and I can't overlook and so on. Uh, so the, the lesson from Yosef and his brothers is actually that you don't have to be a tzaddik. On the contrary, the story itself shows you how although the brothers intended evil, God intended it for the good. And just as we say about things that happen without other people being involved, a natural disaster. We say, or that it's all for the good. The same is true also when, a, when another person does something painful or, 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 or wicked, the result to you is still coming from the Ebishta. And it's Latav Ovid, it is for the good. And the, and the clearest and most vivid example of this is the story of Yosef and his brothers, where it became very clear how being sold into slavery and, and going down to Egypt turned out to be the, the blessing that saved not only the, the, the Egyptians and the others, but Yosef's family and his brothers who were responsible or guilty of selling him into the slavery. 
So although they intended for the bad, as Yosef says to them, that you didn't have a good kavana, but God's kavana in this event was for the good, and therefore I have no reason to be angry at you. Another thing is, a person can ask, if even if it's true, that I'm supposed to accept what happens to me as Lutav Ovid coming from God and for the good, but why do I have to be nice to the person who wasn't nice to me? I can ignore him. He doesn't count. But to say that I have to be nice to him yet and be nicer to him, so here again the, the lesson comes from Yosef and his brothers. That it's not enough to say they weren't completely responsible for what happened to him because what happened to him is for the good from God's plan the fact is that if this was God's plan and it was for the good then it came about through the brothers in other words they were the shluchim they were the ebish the shliach to bring this goodness to Yosef and as a shliach for the good they earn and they deserve a reward an example if somebody in Shulchan Aruch, if, uh, if somebody intends to give you a glass of poison and instead he gives you a glass of good wine, first of all, he can't be punished for anything. He didn't do anything wrong. For a bad kavana, you don't get punished. And secondly, for having served you a glass of good wine, you have to say thank you. Even though their kavana was not for the good, but their kavana is a matter that they have to take up with their with their own conscience, with their creator. It's between them and the Ebishta. And in terms of what what came to you from it, what came to you was good. And so by mentioning Yasef and his brothers, the Al Tadebbi is saying that this is not something that is relevant only to people who are on a very high Madriga, but it's to anyone who learns Chumash and reads the story of Yosef and his brothers, and that is the obvious message and lesson from that story. In the Hayyim Yayim for the 23rd of Teves, the Rebbe first makes a correction in the text of the Torah, which is the Chsidish Parsha of the week. He writes that in Torah, where it says, Ki yesh v'chinas what it should say is v'chein yesh ma'ila. Then the Rebbe says that ba'anoches levad le'neisha. With krechting, we won't be helped. Ha'anocho hirak kipas hamino. The krecht, the sigh, is only like a key. Lefteach es halev. It is a key that unlocks the heart and the eyes so that we don't sit with our arms folded. It tells us that something needs to be done. And what needs to be done is to organize an effective, practical effort. Each person according to what he can accomplish. The lasses which he can accomplish and do in the uh, project of strengthening Torah by spreading the learning of Torah and the keeping of mitzvahs. One person's ability 
will express itself in his writing, the Zeb in the Umay, and this one in his speaking, the Zeb and a third person with his money.